0: Hello, friends. Welcome to a special edition of 70s and Film. I'm here with my uh, co host and mobster expert. Professor Miles Mancini. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I'm a mobster expert. Are you saying that because of my last yes, name?
0: I am. Wilson versus Mancini. Hey. <laughs> we're going to throw down. I was uh, watching Godfather for the first time. This is your- Oh my goodness. This was your- Godfather
1: for the first yes. time.
0: And so I may be like all the other listeners in the class who may have seen it a ton of time or maybe once, but today we're going to get into all the nitty gritty about 70s and film Let's Eat. Okay. So, let's start with with the reading, cuz I think the reading gives us a good stepping stone into what we watched. Yeah. And I love that uh Megan Gambino Um, with a very Italian name. Not just a very Italian name.
1: Gambino is a prominent mobster name, Mobster name. So Gambino crime family, of which she is not related to. Yeah, that
0: was like a big thing in the article that uh, the Godfather Effect was like, I'm just really excited to be interviewed by a Gambino. Uh, But I think that Mancini can attest to this. I do not have Italian roots. And so, (laughs) like Gambino was saying... In um, the Godfather effect, interviewing uh, San Pietro, who is writing that book. The awakening of the Italian roots happened so strongly to him while watching The Godfather. And I have to say, I thought about you, mm. Mancini, watching this film and having that guttural reaction to that I did not have.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we can kind of expand on that a little bit, why we would react differently. I think part of that has to do, like you said, maybe the connection with uh, growing up in an Italian-American household, of which I did. But it also, I think, has something to do with uh, the time period in which we're growing up, You know, the different places we're growing up, growing up in New York. Mm-hmm. I think some of it has to do with gender. I think that's part of it as well but i i do think that the godfather in particular does a good job as we learned about from the gambino piece that it changes the way that we look at italian americans and i think there's good and bad that goes along with that as the uh as as the article the godfather effect went over mm-hmm. the idea you know the representation what were how were italians represented in film prior to the godfather they did they did show up in film and they typically represented the immigrant that was one stereotype and the and it was not a flattering stereotype it was someone who talked like a dis right, right then right. that was referenced in the article as well mm-hmm. they they had a heavy accent they were uneducated they were you know usually poorly dressed bad hygiene all of those things that you were seeing in film was what you were what you you know, the representation of Italian Americans uh, in film. Then you compound that there were uh, popular mobster gangster films for a time in the 30s and 40s in cinema. And that was another place that you would see Italians represented as the criminal element, oftentimes played by non-Italians. So they were used as the criminals and they were used as the immigrants. Those stereotypes uh, were often utilized. Now you look at the movie The Godfather and you say, well, wait a second. They're criminals and they're immigrants. That's a prominent part. But it's distinct in the way that it it approaches that. It's distinct in the way that it, it shows it from the perspective of Italian-Americans. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, while this is about a story about a crime family, it's more than that. It's not just about the crime family. And I would argue that the most compelling parts of the film are not really related to the criminal right. stuff.
0: I agree, I agree. And I think uh, one of our listeners... Uh, Sophie B says uh, something just similar to what you said. Uh, just talking about uh, stereotypes, discrimination of race, and uh, she asks, "How does The Godfather teach the audience the importance of your family's background stories and what people had to go through in the '70s?" So, and to give a frame of reference, you you were born in the late '70s. <laughs> I was born exactly in '80. You came from Long Island. I'm yeah. basically a Floridian. I, I watched The Godfather. I read The Godfather Effect. And again, like we were talking about, um, and I agree with you, it really wasn't about the crime. It really was about the family to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that came through in both or- Anne Hornaday's piece and Gambino's piece. Um, and I, also, I like that we need to kind of talk about... Um, the stereotypes, because what was happening in the world at the time, right? So Vietnam mm-hmm. War, right. Watergate, feminism, Black power. So you have a lot of this stuff happening in the u s. and abroad. And then you have this really epic film that's three hours long and people are having <laughs> cultural awakenings that maybe had been pushed down and maybe some pride about their family had come through that wasn't there before.
1: Yeah, yeah th- this is one of those films that is definitely a rite of passage, I believe, in most Italian-American families. Uh, maybe, maybe not so much today, although I will say, uh, I, you know, I watched uh, this film again for the, I don't know how many times I've seen it. And I was just going to do a little quick refresher. I'll just watch it for a little bit. Just from, I mean, I know so many scenes in this, this movie, do I really need to watch it again before we have our talk? And I found myself drawn back in. I'm like, I could not stop watching it for the three hours that it was on for. And a couple of times my son would come in and my son is 17 years old. And he wasn't ready to sit down and actually watch The Godfather. So he's he, never seen it. No, he hasn't seen oh. it yet. I tried to I tried to bring him in. I'm like, hey, while his mom was like fast asleep on the couch, I'm like, the Godfather, you
0: got, this is your heritage. You got to see this,
1: man. I mean, your name is Dominic. Right. You have to see this. And uh, he 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 was interested, but I think he had other stuff going on. So that was part of the reason. And we've watched other. Films of the same ilk. So, for example, we watched uh, with, with my son and I, we've watched uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, Goodfellas. We've watched Casino. So he's not unaccustomed to the gangster film. He does enjoy that. This film, I think, because of the time it was shot, of the way it was shot, it's it can sometimes not be for everybody. But it, Martin Scorsese is very different than Francis Ford Coppola, the director of The Godfather, the way that they shoot films. Uh, you can appreciate both. And they both came out at the same time in the 1970s. So both of them were really making their mark on the film industry in the 1970s. So, uh, but they're very different directors. So I couldn't wrap them in. I wanted to wrap them in because it was like, this is a cool rite of passage for you to see. But I will say this, and this is just a cool testament to uh, to the, s- the cinema of the 1970s. M- my wife did not recognize some of the actors in the film. And there's a scene, of course, with the wedding in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I said, uh, mm-hmm. this is when my son kind of walked into the room. I said, hey, Dom, do you-, you recognize that actress, the bride, over there? And he's like, yeah, because I asked my wife first. And she's like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> And, but I wasn't going to tell her. So Dom walks past my 17-year-old son. He's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's Adrian from the Rocky movies, right? For also Rocky, a right. product of the 1970s. So yes. you have Rocky coming out in the late 70s as well. So that just shows you how, you know, that cinema really left the lasting impact, not just The Godfather, but you have the Rocky movies. Of course, you have Jaws, which was referenced too. You have Star Wars. A lot mm-hmm. of the big tentpole movies that we still watch today came out of the
0: 1970s. And a lot of actors too, right? Like um i i have the opposite reaction i'm like hey that's the elf's dad that james (laughs) khan he's from elf uh so you can see what my era of watching shows are like but um the movie itself i just want to just give props to uh just the godfather in general those guys were great event planners yeah, they, um, they were great communicators, uh, multitaskers, like I love how they were having a full on wedding. And they're like, let's take care of business. <laughs> like, great multitaskers who can take care of um, work and play at the same time. And I was laughing to myself, because I always joke with my husband that he's not a great multitasker. And I'm like, he could learn something from the godfather. <laughs> he could he could take care of business and, um and get his daughter married at the same time. But
1: can we also say, though, that's—so, I want to stop on that for a minute. The, the multitasking, sure, absolutely. For those of you that are not maybe informed as much about, like, weddings, for example, that wedding scene, first of all, does it feel like it's fake? No it doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's some stage thing that we've seen in a million How many? think about how many wedding scenes we've seen in movies we see them all the time right. and just about every rom-com you see that dramatic scene right where they're coming running down the aisle all that kind of
0: stuff it felt like they were really having fun
1: it felt like we were watching a real wedding mm-hmm. like they just put the cameras on at a real place <laughs> where everybody was having a good time they did not necessarily and I think that's what draws you into this movie it doesn't feel fake right. it's reality TV reality movie before we see reality television and for italian americans to see the way that wedding was represented from the band from the songs from the the family members going up front and singing those italian songs uh, all of that stuff felt even i was at a wedding this past summer We were doing half of those songs. It was an Italian wedding. Mm. We were doing half half of those songs. songs. We're dancing around and doing the whole thing. So that stuff was happening in the movies. We did not see that represented, to go back to the question. We didn't see that represented in those gangster movies from the 30s and 40s. You certainly didn't see that represented in, in anything that they were portraying immigrants. So to see that, you're like, oh, my family has weddings like that, too. They're like us.
0: So that's a credit to Coppola, yes. wouldn't you say? 100%. Right. He right.
1: had the vision for this. And, and of course, Mario Puzo, who wrote the novel as well, because Mario Puzo wrote the novel, which came first, and he also co-wrote the screenplay. So they both collaborated, which, by the way, is not a normal thing to have the author of a book that was a big deal mm-hmm. to to – to get him to also be uh, a screenwriter for the film as well.
0: You know what I thought was really cool too. I didn't realize this that Gambino points out in the article is that new language was developed from <laughs> right, that movie. Right. Because unbeknownst to to me, I didn't know the Godfather was a real ter- not a real term. It wasn't. Yeah, totally made up. And the movie. Uh,
1: can and we can we pl- can hold it? Can yes, I can I play a sample here? Please do. This becomes iconic. I just want to play this.
0: to the rest of the world, and a month from now, this. Hollywood Big Shot's going to give you what you want. Too late, they start shooting in a week. I'm going to make them an offer again can't refuse. Was that also used in the scene of Home Alone?
1: <laughs> I'm sure it was. It's probably one of the most quoted lines from The Godfather, right? There are a couple lines that stand out that I actually took down that I wanted to to bring up today. They're iconic lines that even if you've never heard or watched The Godfather before, you've probably heard something Along those lines. I'm going to make them an offer they They can't can't refuse. refuse.
0: So I think this is a great transition to uh, one of the questions that we got from Hannah C., and Hannah's, I feel like we're
1: on The Bachelor.
0: Oh, I, I would love to host The Bachelor. <laughs> so, uh, but I would be like the person, I'd be like, run, girl, run. <laughs> so, um, Hannah says that the movie industry seemed to boom this year. So, what Hannah's doing is what we talked about um, in uh, Hornaday's piece is comparing a, um, not lackluster, but like a, yeah. a dip in. Uh, yes. A dip in Hollywood, movies.
1: Hollywood's having trouble at right. this point. Yeah, and I
0: don't know. I don't want to even say that the films are not great. It just people are not going and They're not I, going to the movies. And drove to the movies. We had COVID. We have all this other stuff. I know you used to go see movies all the time. Yes, I still do. And oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. I and I and I think I did more movies when I was probably in high school and college. Yeah. For me, the convenience is waiting for um, something to come out, like on streaming. Sure. However, I will say, this is going back to Hannah's point and what Hornaday's point is, there are movies that have just happened um, at the recording of this, and those are Barbie and Oppenheimer. And a lot of listeners wrote this in, that Barbie and Oppenheimer, can we, Oppenheimer, sorry, can we put those in the same category as what godfather and other monumental movies have done for the 70s do you think that could be something we can say for this era
1: yeah i think that that's a great question uh and i think it's it's one worth thinking about because if you look at what was happening in the 1970s with uh with of course we look back at that time now and we say it's just revolutionary what you know they were focusing on the acting and and these really dramatic stories and and Uh, independent filmmaking and all that comes out of the 1970s but it comes from a crisis that they're going through in the 1960s you have to Mm. to understand the 70s you really have to understand what's going on in the 1960s and the studios are struggling movie stars are struggling Brando for example Marlon Brando who plays Vito Corleone had some great hits in the 50s Streetcar Named Desire all that kind of stuff but in the 60s he's having bomb after bomb Mm. Robert Redford Another guy who is going to be huge in the 70s is having bomb after bomb. Some of the megastars of that time are having bomb after bomb. And I think there's a parallel that you see, even with some of the tentpole Marvel movies and things like that, where you're like, of course, you know, it's got all these A-list actors in it, it's going to succeed, and then it doesn't perform as well, Mm -hmm. and Hollywood is losing money on that. And so in the 70s, they're contending with a relatively new medium in television. We talked about, you know, the last episode, we were talking about TV in the 1960s. Well, TV in the 1960s may have had some really great stuff on it, but it also, much like streaming today, was having people not go of the movies as much. Yeah. And it was
0: cheaper to make, right? Sure. Way cheaper. And so uh this was brought up a lot by our listeners. It's brought up by Hornaday. She men- mentioned someone named Greta Gerwig, and lots of people jumped all over that because we know Greta Gerwig most notably right now from Barbie, but sh- that's not her only movie. She's been on the scene for a long time. But what I think Greta did uh, really, really well. And what these other uh, directors? You're taking young directors who are not afraid to kind of push the limit, right? Strong female-centered movies, and there's also what they talked about on um, Hornaday talks about the audience factor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you know Greta Gerwig is a great example. When she she's referenced in the uh, Hornaday article, I think that's when she had Little Women coming out.
0: Yeah, Little Women and Girlfriend.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't think either one of those was a huge hit. I no. think Little Women well, Little Women was a modest hit because I remember people talking about that one, but not in the way that Barbie was. But you can kind of see what's happening in in you know if, if you if you have. If you take a chance with certain directors, and again, we look back at it now, and we say, of course, The Godfather was a huge hit, but a lot of chances, and I'm going to plug the other uh, show that we promoted that we asked our students, our listeners to, uh, to to check out. And I encourage the audience to check out. There's a great show on Paramount Plus called The Offer. Mm-hmm. And The Offer is all about how the Godfather came to be. And it's not as simple as you know, it takes a lot of moving parts to have all of that come together. And the studio did not necessarily support Francis Ford Koblo's vision. Francis Ford Coppola didn't necessarily want to even do The Godfather initially. He loved the novel. He loved what he saw there, but he did not think that the studio was going to let him make the movie he wanted to make. So the studio had to take a chance to make an almost three-hour movie. That was not the norm back then. So to take a chance on this three-hour epic story, this was a huge risk. Uh, involved and
0: so much money i keep going back to this and i think it's hard in our 2023 brain Mm -hmm. to understand how much money in the 70s it was to cast these people to have these locations to have um the scene with the dead horse in the in the uh bed yes that freaked me out man i that's iconic scene it was too much (laughs) and i was like this is something that will stay with you forever yeah
1: And And the controversy, because before that film was even made, there was a ton of controversy. And this ties back into what we were saying about representation. So what did people know about The Godfather uh, before it came out? People knew that there was this big movie that was being made in Hollywood by Paramount. And it was going to be about a mobster. And it was going to be about Italian-Americans being involved in the mob. Well, a lot of Italian-Americans didn't like that, because here's another example of a film that's going to really just play into the stereotypes Mm -hmm. and so there were protests before the film even came out you had the italian american defamation league led by a mobster uh at the time (laughs) joe joe colombo uh and they were leading the charge one of the principal people that really didn't like the movie that was a big had a big hand in getting some of the mobsters involved protesting the movie do you know who it was no very famous singer italian singer italian frank sinatra frank sinatra boom so the hundred points now frank sinatra read the book mario Puzo's book and there is this character johnny fontaine right
0: that you see about how he got to be who he who he was exactly the whole
1: horse head thing like basically you know fontaine's asking the godfather for you know he wants to be in this movie and he's got to talk to a hollywood producer i always wonder about that like did they model that Producer guy after another. I think they had They probably, yes, yes. probably did a little dig. You know, and that had to come from Francis Ford Coppola and his all his dealings with Hollywood mm-hmm. elite people that he had an issue with. So, but that Johnny Fontaine character, you know, was. It's clearly Sinatra, or at least Sinatra felt it was, you know, they, they, when he read it, he was like, wait a second, they're making fun of me. Like, right. I'm crying in one scene, you know, they're making me out to be this, like, pathetic guy. And so, he led the charge in a lot of ways to prevent that movie from coming out. So, uh, until until things changed, and how did things change, This is this is cool, too, right? So, how did... How did The Godfather get made? How did they switch the protest to the point where now it's embraced by Italian Americans most? Not everybody. There are still people like I have family members that don't like this movie. Oh. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other story. Well, it's it goes into that uh, what Gambino is talking about. It creates an, another stereotype. It mm-hmm. still feeds into the mobster thing. What was the statistic? I can't. Don't know the number offhand about uh, most the perception of that Italian mm-hmm. Americans are connected to the mob is like seventy percent or something. Everybody thinks that right. somebody has it a was connection. Incredibly
0: high, but it's incredibly really high, but the super reality low. like
1: FBI statistics say that it's like point zero zero zero. Whatever it's mm-hmm. it's crazy, but people have that that you know. And look, it's even it's it's not just non Italian Americans. Italian Americans do this too. You know, we do that. I remember doing this with my friends in New York. We're like, oh, this is Dad. Can I? You know, you wonder right. all those things, right? Right. So you automatically have that assumption. So I have some family members that feel that The Godfather reinforced those stereotypes. And the more that we perpetuate that, and of course there's sequels to The Godfather, and there's of course a lineage of gangster films that come post-Godfather like The Sopranos, right? So, and, mm-hmm. and there's even conversations in a show like The Sopranos between Italian-Americans that say, oh, we don't like this, this is a misrepresentation of us. you know? So they have that conversation. But they ha- they, there was a real tangible thing. How do you, how do you um, as you were pointing out, there's a lot of, a lot of things that they had to have happened to make that movie yes. happen and at the time we see this now with labor in this country today but back in the 70s who was really controlling a lot of the unionized labor especially in new york where they were filming mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of mob connections right, there, right and, and and that becomes an issue so you have to you have to somehow convince the mob you're not doing them dirty right we're on your movie. team right so that required the mob to actually be involved with the film, so there was a representative or a few representatives that basically was on set watching. Watching, mm-hmm. they had to agree to take out certain words, like they did not want mafia used at all in the film. But you don't hear that. That's mm-hmm. why some of the stuff is made up, right? Godfather, right. all that kind of stuff. So they they were very careful about uh, about working that in. So much so, one of my favorite characters, one of the like, another iconic characters uh, from the film, first part of the film. You remember him. Do you remember Luca Brazzi? Yes. Okay. I love the scene with Luca Brazzi where he goes into Godfather, I... Pray that your that your daughter has a masculine child, right? <laughs> yeah. There's the whole the whole thing with that. He's got the heavy accent, and he's, Wait,
0: it's during the wedding too, right? So the wedding, yeah, right. I mean, so much multitasking. Oh my who gosh, who has this time during a wedding? But, but that's go ahead.
1: What, that's also what you do. Father of the bride, in an Italian American family is different, you know. Right. So, and you you're paying your respects as right? all mm-hmm. the family, all of his associates, mm-hmm. and Luca is an associate uh, to Vito, and so he's coming in. Now, what's cool about that scene is you see him outside. I think it's Dianchi. Very you young, mm-hmm. Diane Keaton and, and Michael, played by Al Pacino. The
0: girlfriend, boyfriend, yes. or, or maybe their husband and wife. I don't, no,
1: they're, they're just dating. They're, they're just dating. D- they're yeah. just dating at that point. They're not married yet. They will be later. But the two of them are... Uh, having conversation, you know, she's meeting his family, basically, for the first time. It's like, there's, there's a scary man over there, yeah. and, he, and right? And he tells him tells her a little bit about Luca. And you can see he's practicing his speech. Yeah,
0: he was mumbling. She goes, why is he talking to yeah, himself? Yeah, he's talking to
1: himself. He's, pra- he's got, like, note cards. All right, so cool thing about that. Luca Brazzi, I want to get his name right. His actual name, his actual name is not uh, Luca Brazzi. His actual name is Leonardo Passaforo. Mm. But he went by the name Lenny Montana. Uh, that was a, more of a stage name or actually, I think he was a, a, a boxer for a while. But Lenny Montana w- was part of the mob. He was like an enforcer in the mob. Mm. And so he was cast in this movie in some ways to appease the mob Come a on. little bit. Mm-hmm. And Francis Ford Coppola loved the fact that he messed up Pretty badly when he's talking to Marlon Brando because he's intimidated by Marlon Brando. He's, yeah. he's one of the most iconic actors of his time, and he's this novice actor. I think the Godfather was his first movie, and so he's he was legit sweating. He was legit sweating and stumbles. If you watch that scene, right, he 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 stops and he starts again. And if you watch Brando, he kind of smirks at it, mm. and I think he's kind of like laughing. It's almost like a, and and Coppola did not like redo it. They didn't do another take. That was that was him messing up for real. That's cool. And but. The reason that Coppola, and this is what was cool about Coppola, right? He he kept that in because he felt there was a level of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like this guy would be nervous. He's not someone who's well read, who can speak well. He's but he and he and he needs to impress the Don, right? He needs mm-hmm. to impress you know his boss, and so he's coming in there and he's fumbling and all that. So it's such a great scene. So I love that love that scene.
0: I think it also just really speaks to the power of the humanities because we have so much strong music that comes mm. from this era, right? That. Plays off the film. We played the snippet from The Godfather at the beginning of this episode. For sure. You totally know what it is. Uh, Books... Iconic films that were off that you were talking about, TV shows that were spinoff, video of games, his. all video of it. games, right? Uh, they have so much power from a film that uh, went on to gross not only a lot of money but also to make subsequent films, whether they were successful sure. as the first one or not, is probably up to. And can I say
1: um, a little bit about the, the, you know, watching this film? As we've talked about before the humanities has this emotional impact. Yes. Right? It's why we do what we do. So yeah, there's a lot of technical things that go into making a movie like this. Just looking at how Coppola shoots this movie from the camera angles and it's different watching a movie like this. It's a slower pace for sure. It is, yes. It's not fast cuts, fast edits. You're not going to get that. There's not and, like
0: CGI things blowing up, right, right? Yeah, right.
1: it's going to take its time. It's, it's very story-driven. But if you look at the colors, the lighting, the lighting in that first scene where where they're going into the Godfather, compare that to what you see at the wedding. It's just that that juxtaposition between the shades and the dark versus the outside, the light. Right? There's this happiness and joyfulness with this wedding, and then there's this like kind of dark, seedy mm-hmm. underbelly that you see that's happening with all of his multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say. That and this ties back into the Megan Gambino piece, and I, why I think this movie is for more than just Italian Americans. At the core of this, it's about family. Mm-hmm. And when I feel so weird saying that because that's like the Fast and Furious No, I thing think it's right? true. Now, I everybody think... in Fast and Furious, like, yeah, this is about family, right? <laughs> we make 10 of these movies, right? And it's all about family. <laughs> uh,
0: We're gonna get tattoos. Let's <laughs> say that next.
1: but But that for me, I watched this movie recently, just the other day before this and I hadn't seen it since my dad passed. Mm-hmm. And it hit me on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Looking at the Michael character, I cried multiple times. Mm-hmm. I cried the time where you see where the attempt's made on on Vito's life and he comes home from the hospital and he's in his bed and he's just waving his son Sonny over, right? Because Michael is gone at that point. And he wants to know, is Michael okay? He wants mm-hmm. to know if Michael's okay. And just seeing that, that hand motion from Vito, uh remind you of your dad oh so much so much and then the scene uh towards the end where they're outside and he's talking to michael basically explaining that he he's he's going to be taking over yeah that he's he's now going to be in charge he's going to be the don and but just a dad's love for his son Mm -hmm. and wanting so much more in his life than what he's he had, probably in line for and yes. what he had to deal yeah. with right that's why he says i wanted a senator corleone i wanted a governor corleone like and hearing all those he things, wanted better for him he wanted better for yeah. him and that to me just speaks so much of like a father's love for their son or for their and, daughter
0: and also i think on the flip side um, the father's love for the son but also the scene where he goes in and his dad's in the hospital and he's yelling and he's, oh, yelling, that was another one. And he's yeah. yelling at the not yelling at the nurse but he's like yes. kind of like we're moving him why is, why him? is why no is, one protecting him no oh doing my this? gosh and it kind of made my heart kind of skip a yeah. beat because I can imagine oh, yeah. doing that for my own parents oh, yeah. right Yeah, my family my friends right. um, you're like what's going on here Are because you have to be a protector when, you're, when sure. your parents go down and if you don't have it live that right. you don't have the frame of reference to connect to
1: them Yeah, and if you don't, I'm so glad you brought that up because we've both had those experiences before being in the hospital, mm-hmm. being with a family member, being mm-hmm. with loved ones. And to go through that, yeah, you're not worried about a hit being taken out on your family member, but you get frustrated because the the, the medical establishment isn't maybe taking care of them right. the way that you want. So that scene rings very true. It's like, what's going on yes. here? And then that fear that a child has that like the person that's so strong and healthy and that's always been their protector is... Is now in need of protection. The have switched. Yeah, that's tough to wrap yeah. your head around. So, to me, again, the family elements I think are some of the universal aspects of the film that that I think still carry over strong today.
0: And I think that's why you picked this movie. I think that's why <laughs> it's it's so good. We could have picked a lot of different movies in the seventies. Seventies had had a good year, yes. a good decade. Oh, I should say for sure, for right. sure.
1: Can I give one last yes, final, like, do. really please cool do. fact that when you watch The Godfather, you should. And this isn't like. A really touching moment or anything like that but james Kahn is really great in the movie also you known as elf's dad elf's dad yeah. <laughs> uh that that scene where you see carlo who is the son-in-law mm-hmm. so carlo marries uh the daughter right uh talia shire I'm messing up on her on her character's name right now but carlo is a jerk right he abuses her he, he does all these terrible things and there's that scene where Sonny goes and kicks his ass right Mm -hmm. he's gonna like i am gonna kick his ass because you know how dare you do this well in the offer they actually show that that scene and there's a lot of mystery about it so i don't know what the actual real story is behind it i know the 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 actual real things according to both actors james Gunn and johnny russo the, he actually does beat him up in that scene really yes so you know there's different reasons why according to different people but both James Caan and uh, Gianni Russo both said is Russo right yeah Russo uh, they both said yes that, that they improvised they had that choreographed but then uh, the, Things broke down A little bit And uh, James Khan Just started doing His own thing So he broke Two of his ribs oh, uh, Gianni Russo's ribs And I think Chipped his elbow Or something There's a scene Where you'll see James Khan Biting on him He's actually Biting on him When you see him Kicking him in the street And throwing him over the, uh, the, uh, the the There's a railing Where he throws him over Totally real And Gianni Russo Did not expect that And now The reasons for it There's a lot of Speculation Do they not like each other Now in the off or they do kind of a cool thing. They get people into sort of the method acting part of it, and so they they claimed. Again, I don't. I, this is they, this is disputed by all the actors, but in the show, they say that uh, that he really did hit. Talia Shire, or that he was oh, abusive there, in there some was way. There a whole backstory. Yes, and so they basically like lied to James Kahn to get him into his role, and so that's what... Then he like, took it out on took him. him out. Now, I don't, I don't know. That was denied by both James Khan and uh, Gianni Gianni Russo, so I, I don't know if that's really just for television. That's but what I did. can
0: see if you get really into the moment, and you kind of forget you're blocking as a character, and you're like, let's just go for it, right? Yeah. Like, you just need to own it, and then Coppola was just like, and that's it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You captured you did what it. I
1: needed, to do. so right. i just want to share that when you watch that scene i watch that scene over and over again i'm like oh my god because the first few times i ever watched that i never knew that that was real so when you watch that it's like wow okay
0: well cool. hopefully everyone's enjoyed listening to our, our take on 70s in film most notably about the, the godfather, godfather and yeah. all the surrounding stuff thanks for sharing your your thoughts and feelings today and i hope that you all uh keep watching all those 70s films that we didn't get a chance to talk about and we'll see you next time